In today's episode, Ammo and I are going to break down the meaning of phanatology and how it relates to our understanding of life. So, Ammo, what exactly is that? Do you know? No, I have been preparing for this podcast for over a month, and I certainly do not know <laughs> what the main phrase of the podcast means. <laughs> well, let me fill you in. Phanatology is the scientific study of death and the practices associated with it, including the study of the needs of the terminally ill and their families. Do you know why the education is important? Because without it, we wouldn't have these jobs. That is not wrong. Uh, go on, tell it's, me, tell me. It's, it's important to understand the emotional and physical aspects of death and dying, as well as how it relates to the individual, society, and culture, and the ramifications of that. That's why this field in particular is always forever changing, because people are changing, society is always changing, and cultures around the world are always changing. Yeah, and also, we, death is the one thing that no matter how much we progress scientifically— we can't, you know, you can't send someone into death and say, all right, report back what happened. Let you us know. know. It's status report, please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There are, in this field of study, there are six overall goals. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, thanatology, it sounds like Thanos. And <laughs> there are oh six God. goals. The what, <laughs> what are these infinity goals oh of thanatology? Oh, God. <laughs> Yes, also, just going to get it out of the way. That's where Thanos gets his name from. And that'll be a episode that we get to at some point when we're doing media reviews. Yep. But yes, there are six infinity goals of Thanatology. The very first one is personal enrichment. And in my studies, the definition of that is essentially understanding that life is a terminal condition and you can appreciate it that much more. Mm -hmm. that links nicely into what I said last episode of of its death and life not death versus life yeah exactly um, yeah you know a lot of my studying of, of sort of existentialism and, and nihilism has has given me a better outlook mm -hmm. on life as a as a temporary thing um what about you I find that whenever I do have these types of conversations revolving around death and how you want to live, have a fulfilled life, I want to say, I'm able to better connect with people and people are more receptive. They're more open. They're more communicative. And that to me is kind of personal enrichment because I'm making connections with other people and helping them like throughout their process. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, I never actually thought of it that way. Yeah. The the second goal is uh, being able to plan for the future. So knowing that your resources and decisions that you're making are leading to something, like being aware of where they're going. Right. And the planning for the future, are we talking, I, I, I assume there's multiple parts for this. There's, you know, mm -hmm. planning financially for a, your funeral, be taking care of loved ones once you've gone. And I believe there's also more of a, more of a spiritual planning in terms of how your family can deal with it moving forward? Is, is that Com Completely, yeah. So as I'm pretty sure most people know, dying is expensive. Um, it, monetary, mo money-wise, I don't even know, monetarily. <laughs> uh, 
um, as well as just like personal, it's, it's lots of expenses. So being aware of a knowing how someone wants to go through that process, whether it's cremation, whether they're buried, whether they are turned into a tree, because you can do that, you can turn them into mm -hmm. a diamond. There's so many ways that you can go about that process. So being planning for that future, just being aware of that, and also um, knowing where the person's belongings are going. So just just essentially again coming back to knowing what's happening. <laughs> yeah, and just a quick shout out there. Um all the ways to die. I'm calling it now. Elon Musk gets shot into space. Man, when you said shot, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, this could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> so I'm glad you ended it with in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What comes to mind first of all with this is death affects financially anyway, you know, lower class people and, and marginalized communities worse in the sense that mm -hmm. if you are in debt, the, you know, debts can transfer. Um, the worst thing about this is the fact that I wish this didn't have to be a goal because you don't get a choice in whether you die and then you yeah. still have to pay for the thing. Yeah. It's like the, well, the, the tax man comes after you. Like He's the only person who can come through death and then come back. Why don't uh, they ask him, the scientists? The thing with that is also, um, it's not, yeah, like everyone, of course, everyone dies. There's also the conversation around whether you deserve to have a good death, mm. right? Like you, like who deserves to get, um, who deserves to be able to like become a tree or like who deserves to go through the cremation process or maybe um, like culturally speaking, yeah, some people do go through the cremation process instead of being buried. Mm -hmm. Can the family afford it? If they can't, then it's like, oh, too bad. You have to do this option, which is um, either not what they practice culturally yeah. or yeah, it's just they're forcing them to do things that they may not want to do. So that actually also kind of ties into um, the third goal of Thanatology, which is participating in society and having more of a broader understanding outside of the individual and as well as including the government. So in one of the episodes that we that I do in season two, we actually speak about um, government support when going through the funeral planning process. And there are institutions out there that help with financial management. Um, but again, it's there's that's still a class issue um, mm. because we're we're dictating how certain people die, where and how. And also, yeah. one last thing. Mm -hmm. um, depending on class, class, the class that you're in, um, you may be able to afford dental care, right? And we've, we've been, it's studies have been shown, for example, uh, having poor dental hygiene can lead to like heart disease. Hmm. So that is... fun. Yeah. Fun fact. Oh. <laughs> um, so go ahead. in terms of the, the government side, this is where, you know, my ignorance comes in. Uh, when you die, what's the conversation with the government? Do you, you know, obviously there's a birth certificate. Do you get a death certificate? You need to get a death certificate and <laughs> pretty sure you have to pay for it as well. That's, That's the, the shittiest, cost. that is the yeah. shittiest certificate ever. Like when I was young, I'd get a certificate <laughs> for like successfully reading a poem. If I come home with a, with a death certificate, well, I mean, if I came home with my own death certificate, <laughs> That, that's a magic of an issue, trick, right? <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, 
I understand the need for people to be declared dead, like for various reasons. Just the term death certificate. Congratulations, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we are millennials and we'll take any type of congratulations that we can get. So it's true. And as millennials, we all want to die as well. So that is very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just playing into the role. Yep. The <laughs> The next uh, goal of Thanatology is professional and vocational training. And what this is, is medical professionals need to know about the psychology, social, emotional, and spiritual needs of people who are terminally ill. And I struggle with the ending of this being terminally ill individuals because there's people that uh, you you need to have professional training in in general as it comes to, for example, like workplaces. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And how the people who around the person who has died, how they're being impacted. Um, So that's what I think. And I've also had some conversations with some friends who are actually in the medical profession. And they've they've said pretty candidly to me that the the training that they get for after death is minimum, minimal, if not any, um, because they're so focused on making sure that the person doesn't die as opposed Mm. to they're going to die. Let's talk about next steps. Yeah. And this is, you know, where the the phrase, uh, you taught this to me, the phrase of death literacy mm-hmm. comes in, um, especially in the medical profession, because it's all funded through a government and through taxes and all sorts. Um, as, you know, certain governments practice austerity and strip parts away and and things like that, I feel like teaching people in the medical profession is going to be one of the first things that they'll pull back on. You know, if, if the if the government has a hard year financially and they start to strip things away, um, you know, they're going to be in the position of, oh, we can either take away this training for them to be death literate, or we can take away these machines. You know, I feel like there's always, it's always going to be put on the back burner, which I think is the issue. Well, that goes also to the conversation around mental health, right? People are like, it's important. You need to talk about mental health. In reality, though, they're they're focused on like, but you need to be productive and you need to make money. So what's making money? Tech and sciences. Mm -hmm. We're going to focus on tech and sciences. And maybe we'll talk about mental health. Like it's just this constant push and pull. And I struggle with this as well because... I feel like people lack the the insight to understand, hey, if people are healthy and happy, they're going to be super productive mm-hmm. and they're going to be creating like immense amount of work. We're going to be achieving incredible things, not just as individuals, but as a society, as a, mm-hmm. as a world, as the world, I guess. Um, but because just mental health is just so brushed under the rug now, I don't even want to think of how it was 50, 60 years ago. Oof. Yeah, so the whole idea of it being taboo in the workplace actually ties into everyone deals with it differently. So mm-hmm. you can't teach them, you can't, if, you, if you're running a death literacy course for a, a corporation, for their employees, you can't teach them that, hey, this is how you approach it. You need to teach them varying ways of interacting with someone who's lost someone because not everyone deals with death the same way. Some people don't want to hear about it and are just there to work to distract themselves. Uh, Some people want that outpouring of empathy. Yeah, exactly. And there's, uh, in a later episode, we're actually going to talk about some examples that you can give 
um, as an employer, how to best support employees, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to in a later episode. Actually, my uh, my uncle here in Toronto, he uh, lost his uh, beloved pet, Argie. Uh, I spent a lot of time oh, with that yeah. dog. Um, and I think what uh, a co-worker did for him was, you know, get him a meal ordered the day after. And when you're in the state of mind where you're grieving, just simply having to exist and go through the process of, oh, I've got to eat, or I've got to do this, is that's just on top of the grief at that point. Yeah. So if people can take care of, you know, you don't have to cook because I've sorted this out for you. That's such a thoughtful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, again, you can also just check in with the person and say, what do you need? Yeah. Because sometimes people will say, I need food or I want to cry for five hours. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I will be right here. And maybe I will cry with you. We can both be disgusting, snotty messes together. That's it. Yeah. Um, which actually leads to the next goal, which is communication uh, for Thanatology. And communication, generally speaking, just makes it easier to discuss this topic. Yeah. I think communication is the biggest uh, thing here because it ties into all of the other infinity goals. Um, The fact that in my community, you know, in the UK, the Punjabi, North Indian community, Death is kind of, it's kind of taboo in the sense, in the same way that mental health is in in my community, people don't really know how to react to it. So a lot of cases, they just, they just go quiet and they don't really talk about it. Um, And there are periods of mourning and all of that stuff, but communication is so key during those moments. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say it's not really talked about. I was recently having a conversation with someone within the Greek community. And when I revealed that my mom had passed away when I was a kid, uh, her response was very much, oh, I'm so sorry. How? And I was like, man. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, it's a Greek thing. They're very like, I don't want to say nosy, but they're very much, they want to just know what's going on. And it's Hmm. not coming from a place of, I want to say it's not coming from a place of um, negativity or just like nosiness, but still it's like, you know, having the awareness of how to ask those types of questions and when I think could be very much beneficial. How did, how did that feel when she asked when? I had flashbacks of when I was in, when I was a little kid uh, in Greek school actually. Hmm. And uh, little Maria, like not speaking to adults, adults at Greek school because whenever like oh where are your parents like oh just my dad oh where's your mom oh she's dead what Mm. Mm. why and it like I just had flashbacks to to Greek school um because it was a very common question and that actually partially led to why oftentimes I would just completely avoid talking about uh family because I just wanted to avoid that whole conversation yeah because people just didn't know how to handle it well, yeah, it's, well, that's the whole thing about deaf literacy. Yeah, exactly. And then final goal is, sixth and final goal is understanding the continuing effects of bereavement. So understanding the different feelings involved, the reactions and death throughout life. Yeah, and the, it, this ties into what we were saying about the workplaces in the last episode, uh, the continuing effects, the continuing grief, the continuing financial effects all of this goes on for years 
and you're supposed to come back after work after two days. It's like, hey, yeah. uh, you know, my partner just died. Uh, Monday, sad. Tuesday, sad. Wednesday, great. Let's go back to work. <laughs> like, what is that? That's ridiculous. It's, it's such a joke. It's so typical of us, like as humans, to be so binary. Just switch. You're not okay for two days, and then you are. It's such, you know, like a phased return would be better. Um, but is that even human nature, though? Like the binary, like this or that type of conversation? Because I want to say we're products of our environment. Mm -hmm. And I want to say if we had an environment that kind of fostered, like, hey, you know, shit's fucked. Let's just give you like a week or two. Like, true. Yeah. Like, that is bare minimum, man. Bare minimum. Like, yeah. Well, actually, you're right. I think it's more, uh, it's not typical of, of humans per se, then it's more typical of uh, the systems we've built, you know, the, the focus yeah. on productivity an outcome rather than happiness and process. Yeah. We've dumped all of our skill points as <laughs> players in this game into uh, cooperation and communication. And we've <laughs> built these systems that completely go against it. Like, it's just so funny to me. Like That's it. We've dropped all our dexterity points and we've put them into shit like, <laughs> yes. I don't know, smithing or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So those are the six goals of anatology. How did you guys resonate with it? We want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to assign specific infinity stones to each goal, uh, be sure to let us know, you know, which one is the, the time goal, the, uh, the soul goal. <laughs> um, crap. What are the rest of them? <laughs> wow. Look at you. Do you, are you even a fan of Marvel? Come on, get it together. <laughs> Yeah, so those were the six goals of education and thanatology, personal enrichment, planning for the future, participating in society, professional training, communication, and a better understanding of the continuing effects of bereavement. Yeah, and so I'm learning along with you, so be sure to let us know uh, on social or via email how these goals resonate with you. Um, I know I'm going to take these away and sort of think about, you know, how how these look in my life and and as always just really let us know we're really curious about how different people deal with this thank you for listening to this episode of philotumo life you can find us online at philotumo life that's p-h-i-l-o-t-i-m-o-l-i-f-e remember to subscribe now to join us as we breathe some life into the conversation around death <laughs>